This is Ask the Experts. Here's Karen Bhatia. I am Karen Bhatia, joined by Dan Rayfield. You, of course, have seen the Fight Freaks Unite Substack. You've seen his work everywhere. And, and speaking of the Substack, Dan, I, I know you have the daily fight schedule. You obsess, so we don't have to. And unfortunately, <laughs> a huge fight, a huge event was taken off of that schedule. That is, of course, Connor Ben versus Chris Eubank Jr. Was that difficult to to scratch that out there on the schedule for you? <laughs> you know, I go through that every single day and delete the fights that have taken place or the fights where there's a change in opponent or a rescheduling. So uh, from the physical standpoint of deleting it, not hard at all. But it hurt my heart because I wanted to see that fight and I was very disappointed by everything that took place this past few days. And, and it was a very highly anticipated matchup. And, and of course, we know that it's not happening now. That's the latest news. There was a little back and forth, but but it is not happening. Wanted to get your thoughts, obviously, on the whole situation. Connor Ben, he tested positive for clomiphene. Uh, and for people who may not know, if you Google it, it comes up and it says it's for women who are struggling with infertility. That's obviously not the reason that Connor Ben was using it. Um, it can also help the body produce testosterone, right? And and that's, uh, it can, it's similar to like a testosterone injection that can help with muscle mass, things like that. You have been outspoken about this, uh, you know, this week, and you've been talking about it, you called uh, this hardcore doping stuff so why do you feel like what connor ben tested positive for is hardcore doping stuff well very simple because it's used by people that are hardcore dopers uh the main thing that it has been used for you know historically is bodybuilders they use it to build mass it helps build mass as you mentioned uh the, the purpose of this particular substance is to assist with women who are struggling with ovulation and fertility and they use that to help that I'm not an expert on the science of what goes on with uh, women who are trying to get pregnant, nonetheless. But in terms of if a man were to take it, it does help increase their production of testosterone, which if you're a professional boxer, you would think that would obviously be very helpful if you're going in the boxing ring to fight somebody. So that's the purpose why it would be used in a boxing match. So while it may not have uh, the history of the, the, the more known the anabolic steroids that people are aware of, the nandrolones and things along those lines. This does do the things that would be performance enhancing. There is a reason why it is banned uh, under WADA rules, and uh, and it is banned in terms of somebody that might take it out of competition or in competition, and that's an important difference because there are certain substances that are allowed to be used out of competition but not allowed in competition, and, and the the, the uh, definition of that in competition has to do with the cutoff time before you actually would engage in whatever sport you're involved in, um, you know, whether it's 48 hours or 24 hours. But this, this particular substance is not supposed to be uh, in your system at all. There are some substances that you could find in an athlete's body in a test where if it is at a certain level, it's okay. But if it exceeds a predetermined threshold you would be in violation it would be a uh, you know a positive test in the case of the substance that connor ben was found to have in his system that is the kind of substance in which there is zero tolerance so there's no level it's not like it could be you know on a scale of one to ten if it's a four you're okay but if it's a six you're okay you know you're not okay this is something where it's got to be zero as opposed to certain others like testosterone for example you're allowed to have certain levels you should if you're a man uh, uh have a certain level but if it gets above a certain level you have a violation um, and so this particular substance, if it's used by men, is used, obviously, with the purpose of doping. 
That is an important distinction because many years ago when Canelo tested positive for clenbuterol, my understanding is that level, uh, which you know he claims from Mexican beef, if he tested positive for that same level now, he would be allowed to compete, right? Because that it's it's about the level of it in your body. In this case, well, you're saying that, since it is clo- clomiphene, you can't have any of it in your in your body at all. That is correct. And, and you mentioned the Alvarez case, and then I reported extensively about that, and I tried to explain to people who still think that that particular test should just get rid of everything that Canelo Alvarez has accomplished. And I make the point. I'm not, you know, people accuse me of being a Canelo lover, and I'm carrying his baggage and all that. I'm just stating the factual information on the day that he was tested for that substance and it came back positive, whatever his level was, he was in violation of the rules of the code. And you know what? He took a suspension. He paid a fine. The fight with Triple G at that time was canceled. The rematch ultimately it was rescheduled after he served his suspension. But the point is, after that, WADA realized that this particular substance, clenbuterol, was prevalent in athletes because of beef in Mexico, particularly. And they changed the threshold that account that was legal or counted as a violation. Later, the WBC followed suit in terms of its rules. And so it went up the amount that could be found in an athlete's body and not constitute a violation. So the point is, from the time that he took the test, he was in violation. And, you know, he took the suspension and all that. But if he took the test today, it wouldn't be a violation because the threshold was raised. In the case of, uh, like you mentioned, in in the Connor Ben situation, that substance there is no threshold. It's zero or a failure. Doesn't matter how much you have. It's it's not like clomiphene is found in other places like food, things like that. The way that clenbuterol was, so that, that is an important distinction. I know that you've said you've been talking about and and writing about drug testing in boxing for over twenty years. So you're you're an expert on this space. In terms of clomiphene, I mean, have you? Heard of a fighter testing positive for clomiphene before? Uh, in terms of boxing, off the top of my head, the answer is no. Uh, as I said, uh, it's it's mainly associated if there's uh, drug test issues with bodybuilders. Um, in boxing, I mean, I'm sure if we went through and uh, and dissected all of the positive tests that have come back in in the in the however many years you want to go back, I'm sure there's some boxer that's had that as one of their uh, drug test failures. It's not one that I can think of off the top of my head that's been sort of uh, one of the old standbys, let's say, when you fail a test. But uh, nonetheless, it's obviously a problem. Uh, you know, and again, I, I don't, neither of us know for sure if Connor Ben took this uh, willingly and and with the intention of, uh, of trying to dope or, you know, and this happens where, you know, some person around him in his camp or wherever gave it to him. I mean, there are athletes that just, you know, sometimes don't think about these things and they'll, they trust certain people. And they'll take what they're given. I mean, that shouldn't be the case. You really should make sure that you are aware of every single thing you take. I mean, some athletes are more um, trusting in that sense. And there are others that I've encountered over the years who will, no matter what it is, they'll they'll make sure that it's okay. They'll check with their uh, with the with the whatever perp, you know group is testing them uh, to to you know provide them with whatever supplements they're taking or ask about if you're taking a certain uh, medication, whatever the case may be, to make sure that it's okay by their rules because they're cognizant of uh, the prospect that whatever they put into their body is their responsibility, and it could certainly return a positive test in worst case scenario. Bottom line, no matter what, even if you have people advising you, you have to know what's going into your body, and it, and it falls on the fighter. Speaking of Conor Ben, he did come out with a statement, and and one of the things he said was, "I'm shocked and surprised." So I guess my question for you is, <laughs> do you believe that Conor Ben was shocked and surprised on this result? I mean, you tell me 
if you've ever heard of a, of a forget about a boxer, an athlete who has come up with a positive test, who's not shocked and surprised right. by their positive <laughs> test. I mean, you know, my, my, my nature as just a person is you want to believe what the people are saying, you know, and give them the benefit of the doubt. But given the substance that he was found with, given now in retrospect, the absolutely devastating nature of some of his recent knockouts, the way his body looks absolutely shredded as shredded could be, um, knowing the stakes of this fight between him and Chris Eubank, what it means to his career, what it means in the annals of British boxing history and the family name, uh, it's hard to believe him. And I say that not that I know Conor Ben well by any means, but I have interviewed him before. I have talked to him. Uh, I have listened to him, many of his interviews over the last few years. He comes off as a very earnest guy, as a nice guy, as a hardworking guy. And, and you want to believe the best in people. I mean, my nature is not to believe the worst in people. But in this particular case, based on all the factors I just mentioned, to have him say that he's shocked and surprised, that's the cliche in this type of situation. And frankly, I don't believe him. And I, I feel uh, it's unfortunate that I feel that way and that I have to say that. But you ask me how I feel, and I'm telling you how I feel. That's the truth. Appreciate your honesty there. And when you you mentioned some of the opponents that Connor Ben uh, faced off previously, we we saw him take on Chris Algieri, knocked him out brutally in the fourth round. Uh, Connor Ben took on Chris Van Heerden, knocked him out in the second round, TKO win. These were brutal knockouts and stoppages and wins. Do does Chris Van Heerden, Chris Algieri, and other previous opponents of Connor Ben? Do they have the right to now come out and say, hey, wait a minute, you may have been on something when you fought me? I mean, obviously, I mean, you look at, look, take the Algeria fight, for example. Now, we all know, and, and Chris would admit this, he was not at his peak of his career when they fought. He was past his best days, but still a quality guy and a guy that could handle himself in the ring. I've watched Chris Algeria fight for many years, and he's had a lot of major fights, and he never got stopped like that. He went to distance with Manny Pacquiao, even though he got dropped several times in the fight. Uh he got stopped by Errol Spence, uh, but it was not in that kind of devastating fashion. And, and now you see Conor Ben, who has uh, not the kind of resume that those other fighters have put together, even if Chris was a little bit uh, you know, past his prime. Uh, and to watch him get knocked out like that, it makes you question the situation in light of what has occurred. And I say that because if you take a look at, like, this is a very similar example, although not a drug case. It was more the hand wrap situation with Antonio Margarito. What happened with him when he got caught with the the the, uh, the illegal hand wraps, then he was suspended or he had his license revoked. He didn't fight for like a year and a half or two years. Um, in that situation, it made people question what occurred in previous fights. His knockout victory against Miguel Cotto, which I am on record time and again, I'll go to my grave. I'll die on that hill. He had messed up gloves for that fight and it cost Cotto uh, a very important part of his career because of that. You could say the same thing about his previous knockout victory devastating of Kermit Cintron and you know it makes you question all of Margarito's wins not necessarily every single one in his career but certainly at a certain stage of his career and I think it's fair game for those athletes that had suffered big knockout losses to Conor Ben in recent fights uh, to question that I don't think there's any doubt about it and I'll tell you this also the fight that he was supposed to have with Chris Eubank he was tested by UCOD but he was also being tested by Vada and Vada is the test that caught him in the Chris Algieri fight, for example, it was being tested by UConn. There was no Vada testing for that. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. 
New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. So many good matchups this week. Don't just bet on your team straight up, make it a parlay. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CURRAN, C-U-R-R-A-N, to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code CURRAN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And that speaks volumes right there. If, if Vada found that for this fight and there was no Vada testing in a previous fight, that, that speaks volumes right there. The question now is where does each man go from here? I mean, the fight is technically not canceled, but postponed. Uh, you know, you obviously interact with boxing fans all the time. The rematch, is it tainted? Should it be an immediate rematch? Where, where do you think the fight goes from here? Well, it's not a rematch because they haven't fought yet, I guess. But uh, in terms of if they reschedule the fight, I mean, like you said, the promoters termed it as a postponement. I mean, I think that was being charitable on their behalf because uh, as the promoters, uh, Eddie Hearn from Matchroom Boxing, it's the promoter for Conor Ben and Callie Sauerland from Wasserman Boxing, who is the promoter for Chris Eubank. Uh, in their statement, when the fight was called off, they are exploring their legal options. They're not satisfied with the way that this was dealt with by the British Board of Boxing Control, and they're looking to pursue their legal uh, avenues. Uh, they made the point that it was they had to call the fight off because they couldn't go through that legal process in uh, fast enough time before the fight. Obviously, this occurred just you know in the last few days as far as it being postponed. But they knew about these positive tests or the positive test, I should say, um, as of September 23rd. So it makes you wonder what in the world was going on for the past two weeks between the promoters and the British uh, board. Uh, so in terms of will it be rescheduled, I don't think that takes place until at least the legal process plays out. Um, and I would suspect that uh, certainly Chris Eubank, you got to believe, is going to have another fight between now and if the fight is ever put back together, because why should he be forced to sit out for a lengthy period of time and not be able to earn money and not be able to capitalize you know, on, on uh, you know, his his name and, and his uh, place in the sport? I mean, he, he's not the one that was busted with a with a bad substance in his system so um you know i'm not I, I as i've said before when all this occurred do i think the fight can still happen at some point in the future yeah probably because people still would like to see it it now has this sort of um additional uh storyline because of what occurred with the positive test so uh you know there will be money to be made and that's the name of the game in this sport at the highest level so i do think it can happen but under the same contract and the same uh situation that they put this fight together in the first place uh i would be a little bit uh, doubtful of that it's tough for chris eubank who was went through a full training camp cutting weight below his normal weight uh because this was going to be a, a catch weight um in terms of of connor ben and his popularity you know he was a rising star in this sport highlight reel knockouts we we mentioned some of the other cases that have happened in boxing canelo alvarez uh, in his situation, it was a very nuanced situation, and he's obviously come back to to be on the top of the sport. This is a very dis different situation with Conor Ben. Can Conor Ben come back from this as a star in the sport, or is is there always going to be an asterisk next to the name of Conor Ben? I mean, my perspective, like a lot of things in life, is you know you can forgive, but you don't forget. And so uh, it depends on how he carries himself in the future. If he's going to go through the rest of his career 
and just deny, 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 not really tell the real story of what happened, I don't think people are going to buy it. You know, the, here's the very simple fact for him. Either A, he took it on purpose, in which case he should come clean and tell everybody and throw himself on the mercy of the court, so to speak. And uh, ultimately, people will forgive him because I think people can respect the honesty and people are being are willing to forgive a mistake uh, that a young man makes, uh, you know, and uh, you can get past it. Uh, and if that's not the case and you were and you took it unknowingly and somebody gave it to you because it didn't just get in his system uh, by accident. It's not like he, you know, uh, you know, had a, you know, went and had himself, uh, you know, a, a glass of juice or something and it accidentally was in the juice and it went, wound up in his. And that, when I say juice, I'm not using a pun, a glass of orange juice, a glass of apple juice, a glass of grape juice, whatever, or had something to eat, you know, had a sandwich or something. And it was it was somehow, you know, in there. It, that's not how this gets in your system. So it means that if he didn't take it knowingly, somebody had to give it to him. So now. Uh, and there are people in boxing who are who are uh, on the on the fringes who who do dirty things like this. You better check your strength coaches and your trainers and your and your hangers on and your pal and the guy at the gym or the, the you know whoever uh, your nutritionist, whatever the case may be. And you know you need to really get down and figure out who in the world would have given that to you. Trust me, he knows who gives him stuff. You know, if you are a professional fighter, you know. Uh, that kind of stuff. You know, if you take away my keyboard that I type on every day and you bring it back to me and the T is out of place, I'm going to know it. You know, and if you're a professional fighter, you know who's giving you stuff. It's, you know, it's like when a boxer leaves the the gym, they know what they weigh. It, this is, you know, for the layman, it may not be the case, but if you're a specialist, if you're an expert in some particular thing, if you're a guitarist and somebody messes with your guitar and, and, and tw you know, twists around the, the strings or, or, or distunes it, you're going to know. And so he knows who gave him stuff. So if he really believes that he didn't do this on purpose, you know, he needs to out the person that did this. Uh, and if he did do it on purpose, he needs to come clean and apologize and, and explain to everybody what happened, where he got it from, what happened. Uh, so you said, is it going to haunt him the rest of his career? You know, he has a chance to, to make good. There's plenty of boxers who have had these situations that have come back strong. You know, Canelo being one of them, uh, even though those cases were different. But there are others who have bounced back. Uh, you know, Shane Mosley bounced back. Uh, you know, there are others that, that, that have been uh, in this type of situation. Uh, you know, each one is different. You know, I've made the, the, the point to fans uh, on social media numerous times. Not every drug case is the same. Uh, they are, you know, God forbid there's nuance on Twitter, right? There, there's a lot of nuance in, in the situations that we were talking about and, and, you know, Canelo's situation totally different than this, but we, we do know overall that, uh, you know, performance enhancing drugs is a huge problem in, in many sports and boxing is definitely included in that. And I'm just wondering your thoughts on if there is a blueprint available in your mind to help clean up the sport of boxing once and for all. And it could be something like 24 seven, 365 VADA testing. We know that VADA testing does random tests. Uh, but the thing is, not all fighters are always enrolled in VADA at all times. Not every fight requires that um, as we spoke about. So let me let me ask you this. Do you think there's a blueprint that could be used to help keep consistency and help the sport of boxing stay clean? Yeah, I mean, there definitely are some improvements that can be made. Uh, you know, the 24-7, 365 constant testing of all professional boxers is uh, that's that's the that's the double rainbow. You know what I mean? That's the type of thing you dream about. It's not going to happen for many reasons. Uh, the most significant one, of course, is it's expensive. You know, they're not going to spend that kind of money and those resources testing, you know, four and six round fighters who are on the way up. I mean, you'd like to see that. There's no reason that they shouldn't be tested. Also, uh, whatever physical dangers having those types of uh, substances in your system uh, would would make it dangerous, perhaps for the opponent are no different as a four round fighter that you never heard of 
compared to a championship level guy in a big major fight. So, uh, you know, that that's unlikely to happen. But what they could do is, you know, there should be, uh, you know, first of all, the, the testing should be standardized. Like this particular case, what, what irritates me so much about what happened with Connor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. is that those two athletes and their teams contracted with VADA, private, you know, agreement to do, do drug testing uh, for certain substance over a period of time for a certain amount of money uh, to do the testing on the fight. And that's good. I'm glad. I mean, I, I'm happy when I hear athletes want to do that because they, there are plenty of guys out there that want to have clean fights and they, they purposely go after uh, VADA to, to test them and insist on that in their contracts. The problem is if something happens and a guy gets caught, or a woman for that matter, and they're, they're positive, uh, you know, you can't just then let, of course, ignore the result. So what happened in the case with Ben and Eubank is besides them contracting with VADA, the official drug testing agency for the fight, which is the same for all of the events throughout the United Kingdom, is the British uh, Boxing Board of Control, which contracts with UCOD, the United Kingdom Anti-Doping. And so they were conducting tests on Connor Ben and Chris Eubank also, and there was no negative, there was no positive test for those guys. So their point of view is, well, he didn't fail any of our tests, so he's good to go because they don't recognize VADA, which is absolutely absurd. VADA, uh, and, and I'm just saying this as an observer that's covered them for a long time, pretty much since their existence. They're the gold standard. They're the ones that catch people. Uh, that's the reason why all these uh, other fighters have, have voluntarily signed up and, and paid them money to go and do their testing. So why in the world would UCOD not respect or, or take it under advisement a positive test on VADA when they have proven themselves over a long period of time to be the gold standard of drug testing in boxing and combat sports all around the world. It's absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't happen in the United States. If you have a VADA test and you've contracted, you put it like this, if Connor Ben and Chris Eubank was taking place in Las Vegas and uh, they were being tested by the Nevada Commission under their normal circumstances, but they also had contracted with VADA to do uh, their own testing and there was a positive test, VADA would report that test to the Nevada Commission the same way they reported the test of the British Board of Boxing Control and then the Nevada Commission would do something. They would they would have a hearing. There would be an investigation, and and most likely the fighter in question would be suspended, and there would be no fight. Uh, in the case of uh, in the in the the UK, they just <laughs> ignored it. It's like it didn't happen, and that's ridiculous. That was they were you know the promoters before they finally uh, called off the fight were trying to thread that needle and claim that just because he failed the VADA test, it didn't matter because he didn't fail a UCOT test, and they were the official agency doing the testing, and therefore the fight should happen, which is absolutely ridiculous. It really is a situation of maybe finding a way that VADA testing or other type of te testing can be more, more cost effective. And then, as you mentioned, some of these different agencies working together, recognizing each other, uh, and, and because we know that you know people's lives are on the line here yeah, in, in the world. Turn, of let me just say one thing about that. Yeah, the VADA testing, the cost to do a program of VADA testing, and there are different levels of the cost, but VADA in general is by far and away the least expensive of any of those places that could do testing. So there were times, uh, it hasn't been in a while that I can think of, but at one time there were some uh, fights that, that opted to use USADA, which is the U.S. anti-doping agency, to do their testing. The cost to do a USADA program was way more than a VADA program. And guess what? USADA never caught anybody. You know, VADA doesn't take any shit. You know, you, you follow their rules, you take their test, they don't adjudicate it, they simply do the testing, report the results, and they don't, you know, care. They, they, if you're negative, good. If you're positive, it gets reported. There's no funny business. There's a lot of funny business in some of these other uh, organizations because they have the rules in a way of, of when they can be notified, you know, who gets notified, 
what the time frame is for the testing, how many tests, an athlete might know how many tests are. VADA is truly random. Now, they're not jerks about it. They don't show up at four in the morning and wake an athlete like, you know, two days before his competition. That would be, you know, not a good thing. But they'll show up in the morning. They'll show up at your gym. They'll show up at your house. They'll show up at afternoon. They'll come over in the evening, you know, and everybody knows when you sign up for it. That, that that is the, the way it's going to be. And they're also even-handed. If you are in a program and your opponent is in the program, uh, you know, that's not like they're going to test you 50 times and they're only going to test the other guy four times. They try to keep a, you know, a reasonable mix. You know, maybe one guy might be tested one more time than the other or one less time. You know, maybe one guy will have, you know, four blood tests and three urine tests and the other one might have, you know, four urine tests and three blood tests. The point is it's equitable the way they do the testing. You know, to me, uh, uh, and I, I've sat and I actually talked to testers at times when I've seen them around uh, events and that sort of thing, just to sort of understand uh, the philosophy and the way they go about doing the daily job of conducting these tests. Um, they do what they're hired to do and they do it in a first class and professional manner and they should be used by everybody. And if they're not, uh, that's a problem in my opinion. And if they are, other locations should accept their results. There needs to be more uniformity across the board and uh, maybe for the sport of boxing right now, that is wishful thinking, but hopefully one day that can come together. Dan Raphael, I want to thank you so much uh, for the time, for your reporting on this. Uh, last thing, where can people find you? Why, where can they join the Fight Freaks Unite community? Well, I would appreciate if they do. This is my my newsletter. Uh, you can go to, uh, it's on the Substack uh, platform, but the address directly to the website is uh, danrayfield.substack.com. All they got to do is put their email address in and they can sign up. They'll get the blast in their mail. They can set up a phone alert. Uh, if they don't want to do that, they can just look at the website updated, you know, virtually every single day. Uh, I'd take an occasional day off. Um, this week was not one of them. <laughs> and uh, and they can get all the blasts. And of course, I offer uh, enhanced coverage for those who would uh, want to subscribe and pay a few dollars, a uh, nominal fee, $5.99 a month. Helps me uh, pay the bills and uh, get all the, I look at it like this, Kern. You don't have to go running around the internet searching for everything. As I say, everything comes right to you. There you have it, Dan Rayfield. You've earned a day off, but I don't see it coming anytime soon. I <laughs> want to thank you so much for the time and talk to you soon. All right, you back, Curran. Anytime, my man. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Curran Bhatia. 